we are going to continue to speak on the subject of the word faith. Amen? We are talking about what this word means in the Bible. And that because of the various nature, shades of meaning of this word, when you come across it, or when you come across any incident that speaks of it, you will know what you're dealing with and how to respond to it. Is that what we have been dealing with? Huh? So, it's the word faith. Volume what? Two? No? Is it volume two? The word faith, volume two. Okay. Volume three now. Volume three. Is it three? Okay, please fix it. Volume three. It's about understanding the various shades of meaning, meanings of the word faith in the Bible. I've taken time to explain why we have to understand this. See, you are God's children. And part of the inheritance God has left for us is the Bible, his word. Are you all following me? Is the key to your inheritance. You see, you know, the Bible is called a testament. Part of, uh, of to, uh, there are two testaments involved. Part of the reason why they use the word testament is because it is the living will and testament. Amen? Of our elder brother, Jesus. So, and if you have a piece of document that's called a living will, on your life, and you can't make sense out of it, you will be as poor as a city rat. I know they used to talk about church rats. Churches don't get poor anymore. <laughs> a city rat. So you have this document called will and testament. You can't make sense out of it. Then you won't be benefited. Does that make sense to you? A, a, a great deal of my teaching is to impart people with understanding and revelation and knowledge and, non and wisdom. But also, another part of it is to make them have a hunger for the word. Have you noticed that? And crave for it. Another thing I do is that I teach you in such a way that when you open your Bible, you begin to understand things you couldn't understand before from the way I teach. Why? Let me tell you why. Because I, very early in my Christian life, I realized the Bible is not just a book. Amen. It's the revelation of all that God has in store for us. And I, I don't want to get too far into that. Maybe. I don't want to get too far into that. Praise the Lord. Are you all following what I'm saying? Here's what I'm saying here. So pay attention. Anytime I'm teaching something, that thing is important, and that's the purpose. You may think I'm splitting hair. I'm not splitting hair. So what I'm teaching now is to make you be able to, when you see with the word faith in the Bible, you'll be able to relate what the Bible is talking about with that particular reference. And we saw there are shades of meaning of this word faith. In the Old Testament alone, there are at least three shades of meanings. We wouldn't get there is on faith. Is that correct? In the New Testament, we say there are at least how many shades of meaning? Four. So if you count that, there's at least seven shades of meaning.
the word faith in the in the bible are we for, are we making sense of what i'm take, talking about so in the new testament we said there are four the first one is what faith as what come on come on i shouldn't be respecting this as a what i hear you as a what religious profession if you say profession they would think it's nothing or medicine so religious what profession or vocation amen number two faith as a what a fruit of the holy spirit most appropriately referred to as what faithfulness number three faith as an apprehending or uh, and appropriating what facility and faculty or in a very simplistic way faith as a what a spiritual a set of spiritual sense organ and if you want to be downright uh, uh what do i call it downright uh, particular about our modern life you can call refer to faith as a pair of glasses reading glasses spirit reading glasses or pair of spirit hearing aid that's in a more practical sense does anybody follow what i'm saying it is something you need to put on in order that you will be able to see the invisible and hear the inaudible does anybody follow so that's the push part of it we are dealing with now and so this is the one every believer has a measure of. In fact, an unbeliever has a measure of faith. That's why an unbeliever can repent and become a, a, a believer. It's because he has this measure. Does anybody follow? I will tell you the measure that an unbeliever cannot touch is the next one. And it's a measure that the believer doesn't even have it or need it every time or for everything. That's the next one. But the one we are dealing with now, the Bible says of it that God has given unto us a measure of faith. Everyone among us, a measure of what? Faith. So this is faith by which you are able to apprehend and appropriate or perceive and lay hold of. Amen? Invisible realities. Such invisible realities as God's purposes, plans, and provisions for you and for your family. And without it, you cannot succeed in life on a day-to-day -day basis. And so, we have dealt, they said so much about it, but the, the area we're dealing with now is the two measures or phases of it. We said there are two dimensions or phases or measures of this appropriating, apprehending and appropriating faith, which is another name for it. Is that correct? Apprehending or what? Appropriating faith. The first one we said what is what? Initial. Meaning that faith, that measure that you exercise at the very beginning of your spiritual life. When you exercise it, your divinely spiritual life begins. That's the, that measure you exercise at the what? Beginning of your spiritual life. It is that measure that brings you to God. 
and it starts you on a relationship with God as a soul. So it's the initial measure that a soul exercises that brings that soul into a relationship with God. Praise the Lord. It is this measure that everyone who wants to come to God must first exercise and experience. And we said that the function is that, the primary function is that with this faith, you are able to, listen to this, believe in God. <laughs> with the next phase, you'll be able to believe God. Do you know there's a difference? Eh? With this phase, initial phase, you're able to do what? Believe what? In God. With the next phase, which we're going to talk about, you're able to what? Believe God and keep believing God. There are two different things. Amen? Some people have believed in God, but every day they struggle to believe God. Whereas there are people who have not believed in God. They're acting as if they are believing God. Do you see that? So what do we mean by this faith getting you to believe in God? Here's how it works. This faith apprehends and appropriates God in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. Do you understand what we're saying? Huh? Okay. That's what this faith does. It apprehends or perceives. You know that God is invisible, right? But he sent his son Jesus in a visible form. That's why Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Are you all following? That's, that's why Jesus said, the Father and I are what? One. John chapter 6, 40 says, he that sees me hmm, and believes in the one who sends me. That's why he says that. This is why he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one believes the Father except through me. Or no one comes to the Father except through me. So what he's talking about is that it's only with this faith that you are able to see God. And where are you to see God? In the person of Jesus. And you know, by extension, since Jesus got raised from the dead, this faith also, with this faith, people can also see God in you and me. Because that's where God lives now. Are you all following? Okay. But primarily in Jesus. So, we saw examples last Thursday, did we? We saw the example of the woman at the well. Is that correct? It says, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Then later, you are the Messiah. I perceive. Initially, she was seeing Jesus with her natural eyes. And what did he end up seeing? A man who happens to be Jewish. Period. Oh, when she stretched it, she ended up seeing a religious figure, a prophet. But ultimately, this faith goes beyond all of that, cuts through the thick layers of religiosity and humanity, and sees God in the person of Jesus. Does anybody follow? All right. So, and we also saw in Peter, Peter saw the same thing. When Jesus said, who do you men say I am? Men used their physical senses and saw 
all kinds of things. But he said, you, who do you think I am? Peter, rather surprisingly, declared the truth. He said, thou art the Christ, the Messiah. Meaning, that man God has appointed, who is actually, in a sense, God. Who has come from God and is God to accomplish God's purposes. Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood, meaning physical senses, did not say this to you. I want to say to you, how many of you here have believed in Jesus? Do you know, if I had time and hear your story, I would tell you how you operated on this faith. And that's the truth. You operated on this faith I'm talking about. And may, not many people in many congregations understand this. Now, I don't need Pastor Desmond. That, and Sister Pat, you were on that team to Aruba. I was invited on Sunday morning to this church. And I began to speak on something like, like this. I think on the price. And that at the end of the day, an altar call was made. What happened? Everybody stood up. And the pastor was looking at everybody like. I said it again. I said, sit down, everybody. He sat down. Only a few people were standing up because that was not made clear to them in Aruba. So people have to understand this. You don't just join church. See, modern Christianity is people joining church. They used to be Catholic or Anglican. Now they are Pentecostal. That's not faith in Jesus, essentially. Does anybody follow? Huh? Or in the old church, they only sang hymns. Like he sang beautiful hymns. But in this place, because people, they clap hands too. That's not faith in Jesus. Does anybody follow? Okay. So, and then what is the result? The result is that you, when you apprehend and appre appropriate God in Jesus in this way, a lot of things happen. You also apprehend and appropriate initial aspects of grace. Several initial aspects of grace. What are they? Redemption. Amen? Regeneration. <laughs> Amen? What else? Uh, uh, salvation. What else? Things like forgiveness of sins. Things like cleansing. Things like, what, what, what do you call it? Justification or righteousness. Things like sanctification and holiness. You also apprehend and appropriate uh, 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 restoration to God and reconciliation with him. They happen like all together. When you apprehend God in Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit helps you to apprehend these other things also. So you, there will be a challenge. The challenge is now for you to believe. And how do you believe? Number one, you repent. Number two, after you repent, right? This is believing. Believing begins with repentance. Because you get convinced that Jesus is the Lord. And you get convinced that God exists. Are you following? Then you repent. You change your mind. When you repent, then you confess your sins. And confess these things that faith has shown you. That Jesus is the Son of God. And that, the, you know, that God has sent him. And that God has raised him from the grave. And then you also, you experience regeneration or new birth, and you are said to be born again. And when you re experience regeneration and new birth, and you are said to be born again, then these other things begin to happen in your life. 
cleansing, justification, sanctification. You feel new. There's a new you. So at the end, all of these are called what? Combined, deadly called conversion. That's what conversion is about. It's from faith. So we saw examples of people who had this encounter. We saw the woman at the well. Is that correct? We saw Peter. Is that correct? Amen. And who else did we see last week? Did we see another person? We saw some people, but I'm going to give you, to give you some other scriptures to prove it. And that, it moves you from the world and moves you into a new realm. It moves you from captivity and bondage. When you have exercised faith and believe, it moves you from captivity and bondage and moves you into salvation. It moves you from Satan's kingdom into the kingdom of God. It moves you from bondage and all that into a new life. From death unto a new life. Does anybody follow? This is apprehending and appropriating faith on its initial level and initial manifestation. This is what they call salvation. That's how you get saved. Amen? You see, this initial level of faith is the primary target of the gospel. Whenever the gospel is being preached by the preacher, by the pastor, or by you, um, to people on the street, hear me clearly, or you're trying to win souls on your job, it is this faith you're targeting with the gospel. Did you hear me? It is what? This faith. You're not targeting the person's head. You're not targeting his eyes. You're not targeting even his body. That's why you look beyond all those externals. Because when you hit faith with the gospel, you hit this initial measure of faith, every other thing will change. Because you are targeting the soul. And the faith, the apprehending apparatus of that soul is faith. So you target it with the gospel. That's why when you're speaking to an unbeliever, you want him to be a believer. You speak in such a way as to touch this initial faith, to quicken it. The moment it's quickened, the person will change his mind. Can I give you examples of how preachers use this message in the Bible to, 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 to target initial faith? Let me show you Mark chapter 1 quickly. Mark the first chapter quickly. And after that, I'll show you some other, what other things the Bible said about it. Amen? Amen. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Verse 14 to 15. Put it on the board, please. Mark 1, 14 to 15. Let's see. So this is for you. When you are doing soul, uh, soul winning, when you go out on outreach, you, are, you now know what you're targeting. Huh? And so you use your words based on scripture. If, we, if you don't have any, if you, you don't have to go to Bible school for this. Even your testimony, you share it in such a way that it will target this. Does anybody follow? Now, after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into, the, into Galilee preaching or proclaiming, the word they are preaching is proclaiming, the gospel of God. Right? What did he say? And saying, the time is what? Fulfilled. The time, listen, that the prophet has said that the Messiah had come, has, 
arrived here. That time has been fulfilled. Huh? Then what's the message? And the kingdom of God is where? At hand. This faith brings you into the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is here. So what's Jesus appealing to? To the faith of the people. And what's the next thing he says to them? How do they believe? The kingdom is here. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom is here. Where's the kingdom? I am the kingdom. I have brought it. <laughs> if you see me, you have seen the kingdom. Do you see the faith? Eh? So all he did was to let the people know that he is the kingdom of God. That is at hand. Before he came, that's the same message John the Baptist was preaching. So Jesus' whole task is to get people to know that he is the king of the kingdom. And therefore, the kingdom is with him. And he is the kingdom. That's the first step. You notice that? That aspect speaks to their faith. If their faith apprehends him as the king and the kingdom, here's the next level. What's the next level after faith? No, generally, one word. Believe. Thank you. So what are the steps of belief there? Repent. Repentance is a step of belief or believing. Repent and do what? Be persuaded by the gospel. What does the gospel want you to do? Turn around. Change your mind. Give up everything that's of interest to you there and take Jesus and follow him. And you have the kingdom of God. Is that faith that's being spoken to? What do you think that will make somebody who is living in a different way say, you know, from today I'm not doing this anymore? They say, why? They say, I got something new. He said, what's that something new? He tells his friend, it's Jesus. Because their faith has not been quickened. They say, are you crazy? You want to give this up and go with the Jesus? You know why they say that? Because they can't see. Oh, no, you don't understand what I'm saying. Huh? <laughs> Your family may even think you're cuckoo. And the thing is that they're not seeing what you're seeing. You can give up anything. Because you have seen that in Jesus, you have the real thing and even more. So you give up this. They say, are you crazy? See what you're giving up? You said yes. Oh, come on. How many of you give up stuff here? Because I don't act like. I did. I heard now there is enough because Pastor did. Praise the Lord. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? So you have something you have to go back to there and thank God for. Transformation. Repent and do what? Believe in the gospel. You know what it means to believe in the gospel in that sense. Be persuaded by what the gospel says. Go ahead. Be so persuaded that you begin to speak in accordance with it. Your attitude will be in accordance with the word the gospel says. And your actions will be in accordance with the word the gospel says. Why are you going to have such an attitude, speaking that way and acting that way? Why? Because of what faith has shown you. If you're in this sanctuary tonight, shout a big amen. amen. More like it. Go with me to Mark 16. Mark 16. And the particular thing it targets in Jesus is the presence of God in Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. It, it targets everything the Bible says about Jesus. 
If Jesus is, say, the Bible says Jesus is the Son of God, this faith sees it. Amen? What, what did I call? Mark 16, quickly, from verse 15. Mark 16, 15, quickly, let's go. Am I, I don't know if anybody's getting somebody, something here. Are you following? Is it blessing you? You see, you passed through this already. But the reason why I'm teaching it to you is that you begin to appreciate what you already have. The next phase is how you're going to continue to use it today. And we're getting there shortly. Huh? Go to 15. This is after his resurrection. Initially, he rebuked them. Go to Vesta 10. Go to Vesta 10. Notice. Go to 12. Jesus has been raised. After he appeared in a different form to two of them, while they were walking along on their way to the country. You know, the disciples didn't believe that he was raised. You remember that? Because when Mary Magdalene and the group came and told her that we went to the grave, they say he has risen. And we also we met. They came to the apostles. The apostles like, these women are really crazy. But remember, he warned them. He told them. They heard it with physical ears. So, you know, when you hear something with physical ears, I don't know if your grandma told you that. It enters here and goes out here. Is that true? So that's what happened to the apostles. He kept telling them, I will go to Jerusalem and I will be uh, uh, put to death, but I will raise again on the third day. He entered here and came out from there. Because it was physical senses. Are you following? So when the ladies, the women met him, they went and told them. And they said they went away and reported it to the others, but they did not believe them either. They were not, because their faith didn't see him being raised from the dead. So they were therefore not convinced. And for that reason, they were not persuaded by what the women said. Next verse. Next verse. Afterward, he now, look at that. He appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table. He now showed up and he did what? He reproached them. For what? Pay attention. For their what? Unbelief. For their refusal to be persuaded by the testimony of these women. Why? Because they have not allowed their faith. Because. And their hardness of heart. Because they had not believed those who had what? Seen him after he had risen. And the, the word reproach there, as used there, was not a light word. He literally held their collar and shook them. And you know what I believe? I'm sure he he grease his teeth. Say, Why can't you believe? What's wrong with you? Because God is usually upset by our unbelief. Does anybody follow? Huh? All right. And he said to them, go into all the what? World. Now, now they believe now. And do what? Proclaim the gospel or preach the gospel to who? All creature. Huh? Preach the gospel. But you have to target something as you preach or proclaim. Listen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all cre- creation. Next. He who has what? He who sees that I am the son of God. That I was dead and I was buried and I rose up again the third day. And that I am the Messiah. And that I have brought redemption and salvation. Anyone who is persuaded, whose faith has seen 
and heard these truths in the spirit, spiritual form. And is persuaded to respond to your message shall be what? Saved. Brought out of where they are. Brought into the kingdom. Brought into my blessing. That's salvation. But he who has what? Disbelief. Who is not persuaded and refused to receive it in their attitude and refused to speak along about this in their words and refused to act along these lines shall be what? Shall be what? Why not speak up? Shall be what? Condemned. Condemned. Amen? Did you notice that? Aha. Uh-huh. So the gospel there also was to target initial faith. Did you notice that? All right. Next. Next. These signs will accomplish those who do what? Who have seen me by faith, accepted these truths, and are persuaded that they were so. There are signs to really attest to these facts. What are the signs? In my name, by my authority. You notice that? Eh? They will do what? Cast out demons. And by my authority, they will speak in new tongues. When people can mock tongue speaking all they want, you can't speak it unless you have authority. And if you're mimicking it without authority, you're running a risk. Tell family members and relations to imitate tongues. Tell them they're trading on dangerous grounds. Okay. And they will lay hands on the sick by my authority. And they will recover just by believing. Hmm? Praise the Lord. Romans 10, verse 8. Quickly. Let's go fast. Let's go fast. Romans 10, verse 8 to 10. Amen. Amen. Romans 10, verse 8. So it is this faith that begins you on a relationship with God. But it doesn't stop after you meet God and start a relationship with him, then you go to the continuum. But let's look at the initial. But what does this word say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in where? Your heart. That is the word of what? Faith, which we preach. You notice it's the word of faith here. In other words, the word that quickens your faith. Hallelujah. What does the word say? That if you what? Confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord. And believe or be persuaded in your heart that what? God raised him from the dead. Do you notice that? If, you're, if you see the resurrection by faith and you're persuaded to have that attitude and speak along that line and act along that, time, uh, uh, that line and follow the gospel and follow Jesus, amen, you will be what? Saved. Why? For with the heart, a person does what? Believes. That means faith shows him and he's persuaded from his heart. Resulting in what? Righteousness. And with his mouth, he what? Confesses, resulting in salvation. Go with me to Hebrews 11 quickly. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. In verse 1, it defines faith. This faith we're talking about. Are you all following? All right. Now, this faith, this is appropriating faith. Both initial and continuing. Now, faith is the assurance of things what? Hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That's, 
if this is not faith as a religious profession, it's not faithfulness or faith as a fruit. This is apprehending and appropriating faith. Is that clear? Go to verse 6 of that word. Go to verse 6. Let's see how it works with the relationship. Without faith, it is what? Impossible to do what? Please him. Who is the him there? God. For he who comes to him, come to him. First for a relationship, not first for any other thing. Are you following? That, there are people who can come for other things they don't have a relationship. Remember the ten lepers? Huh? Amen. At the end of the day, it was exposed that their faith was not real. Amen? Alright, move. That he who, who comes to him, to God, must be persuaded. Whatever I see that word, believe. I like to use the word, be persuaded. Amen? Be persuaded and speak accordingly and act accordingly to the fact that he, God, is, that exists, and that he is a rewarder of who? Those who do what? Seek him. How do you seek him? When you seek him, how do you find him? By faith. You know, people like Paul were seeking him. They couldn't find him until, by his grace, he revealed himself to Saul. Is that true? He, he, he thought he was believing, worshiping God. That's what he thought. He killed people for that. Amen. You know why he couldn't get in touch with the true God? Because he was doing it out of the law and works. But when faith came, and that's why nobody taught faith than him. And nobody spoke against the law after that than Paul. He said he was excelling. He said he grew up in the religion of his fathers. That's Judaism. And he said he excelled in the traditions. But he couldn't find the true God through all of that, through any of that, until he had that encounter of faith with Jesus. Remember what happened? Jesus called from heaven and says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He heard the voice. He said, who are you, Lord, that I am persecuting? Who are you, Lord, that I'm persecuting? You know what the word that came? Anybody knows what came after that? I am who? Jesus. He didn't say I'm God. How did he come? As Jesus. Enclosing God. So he used that same name, human name of his, that he came with, that men ought to look at and see beyond him and that name and see God. He said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. From that moment when Paul heard, I am Jesus. And that was on a different note. That was faith that heard it this time. Does anybody follow? Didn't he hear that name before? He had it, I use this Jesus. But this time, he's speaking from heaven. And when he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? Because he heard the voice from heaven. So he couldn't be man anymore. Amen? If this guy is speaking from heaven, it must be God. The God of Israel. So he looked up. Who are you, Lord? That's the sacred name that I'm persecuting. And Jesus didn't reply and say, I am the Lord. No. Because it would be easy for him to say, okay. I'm God. And you could have said, okay, God. Why am I persecuting? Okay, I will kill some, not kill some. He said, I am Jesus. Wow. Let me tell you why he said that. Go back to John chapter 6 quickly. John 6 quickly. Somebody give me John 6. John 6. Am I making sense to somebody here? Amen. 
All right, John 6, verse 40. Go ahead. John 6, 40. 40. Amen. Give me verse 40. All right. It says, For this is the will of my Father. If you want the will of God, it's not enough to say, Who are you, Lord? He has a will. Everybody, if you are not in, about his will, every other thing is religiosity. Does anybody? That's why he said, Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God. But he that does the will of my Father. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds you, the Son, where is the Son? In the person that bears that, the name Jesus. You, you see that? And believes in him will have what? Eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the, third, on the last day. So that's what happened to Saul then. Praise God. Amen. I said amen. Hallelujah. And that's what happened to Saul. Amen. Let's go to Acts chapter 9. L l let's say what Saul himself or Paul said. Acts chapter 9, quickly. Acts 9, verse 1. Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples. Do we need to read this passage? That's what I have explained before. Amen. Why don't we go to another part because of time? Amen. That's the part I've explained to you. Go to Galatia chapter 1. Galatia 1. Amen. See, Ephesians says that we are saved by grace through what? Faith. Is that what it says? Huh? We are saved by what? Grace through faith. It's referring to initial faith. Uh, did I say verse 11? Verse 11. Galatians 1, 11. Quickly. Galatians 1:11. For I would have no, I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which I was preached, which was preached by me, is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God. You see what unbelief can do. The life somebody lives when he doesn't have this initial uh, measure of faith. I, faith, are you following? I persecute the church of God. Notice that the church of who? God. But he thought he was serving God. And that's the problem with a lot of us today. We are doing something evil and we, we think we are serving God. Watch what happened. Persecute the church of God beyond what? Measure. And try to do what? destroy it. Only one kind of people do that today, physically. Terrorists. But there are a lot of people who are doing it spiritually. Even sitting in church. Are you following? Next. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries. Notice that? Among my countrymen. Being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. You notice? Traditions took over. Any part kind of religiosity that's not of faith, that ends up with religious methods and traditions will lead you nowhere until initial faith is exercised. Paul doesn't count these aspects as part of his relationship with God. His relationship with God started 
from the day he encountered Jesus. Are you all following? All right. This is Paul's own initial exercise of this faith. Moving on. But when God, who had set me apart, even from my mother's womb, did you notice that? God started his own path in his mother's womb while he was in his mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me. Did you notice that? See, it takes revelation for him to know, get to know Jesus so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. You notice that? So he was no longer walking by flesh and physical senses. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. Because those ones didn't want to accept him because of what they had. But I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus, so on and so forth. That was Paul's own. Ephesians 5. I'll show you something in Ephesians 5. And we mentioned the next phase and we will pray. Are you all following? Are you bored? Are you, are you excited? Are you learning something new? Is the Holy Ghost quickening you in the inside? All right. Romans, sorry, sorry. Romans 5. Romans 5. Where does this faith get you into? That's what I want to show you. Romans 5. Therefore, having been what? Justified by what? Faith. That initial faith. You know what justification is? Huh? Just as if you never sinned. God did not only forgive you. He went ahead to cleanse you. After he forgave you and cleansed you, he did, he, he, he imparts another grace known as justification. The simplest way to describe it is he made you righteous. Give you a right standing with him. But the real down to it whole way is just as if I had never sinned. Just if I'd never sinned. Comes by what? Faith. Therefore, having been justified by what? Faith. When you exercise faith in Jesus, when you see God in Jesus, one of the blessings you receive, and after you do that, you realize that you've been living in sin for not having done that. You repent. You confess your sins. You invite Jesus into your life. Amen? And uh, you confess your sins. You denounce them. You're forgiven, you're cleansed. Another thing that happens is justification. And then what follows? We have what? Peace with God. Not This time is different from the peace of God. That you will have much later after this. But this is the first level of peace. It is what? Peace with God. Meaning that your rebellion towards God had ended. God doesn't see you as a rebel again. This, that's re reconciliation. Huh? That's the grace of reconciliation. We have peace with God. Through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Next. Through whom also we have obtained our what? Introduction. By what? Faith. Into what? Grace. In which we stand. That's the next level. This faith that made you to see God in Jesus and made you to receive Jesus did something more. It took you. Are you listening? Look at me, everybody. It grabbed you and moved you. It took you from a realm of darkness and dumped you into the realm of light. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You move. 
from one realm to the other. That new realm is called grace or salvation or the kingdom of God. He said, you are introduced into it. You are injected into it through faith. What kind of faith? Initial faith. Let's go to the continuing. I don't have more time, but I will just introduce it. Are you ready? Now that he has thrown you into the next realm, you cannot take your pair of glasses known as appropriating faith. Is anybody looking at me? And now, uh I'm into grace now. Okay, you can't drop it off. You keep it on. Does anybody follow? Why, am I, why do I need the faith again? Because that's the life that you have been introduced into now. That's how to go through it. The Jesus you have just seen as the Son of God and as God in human form and the initial grace you have received are just appetizers. Adorn. You know, you show up on some events. You're getting all these adorn. If you have not been in such an event before, you thought that's the men. Is that not true? <laughs> no. Praise the Lord. The men. And then after that, the men event starts. You still need your mouth, don't you? <laughs> if you have your dentures, if you have dentures, after the dog, don't close them, don't lose them. Because in the main event, you will need the dentures. Is that not true? I'm just trying to explain stuff. So, because of this, now you were made righteous at the beginning. Is that correct? And you're thrown into this new realm. In that new realm, the Bible says, the just or the righteous will do what? Live by faith. So we are into the continuing phase of appropriating faith. What is the continuing phase of appropriating faith? It is that phase of your relationship with God that comes after your initial encounter with him. And it's that phase of your relationship with God that you will experience here on earth in heaven, we really need faith. Oh. Let, me say, let, let me just say it to you. And I will, I will tell you why. So, in the rest of your relationship with God here on earth and in the world, you will need faith. Why? Because it is a land of grace. I told you, what is the only thing by which grace will be received? Faith. Is that true? So if you're not going to dwell in the land of grace, don't you think that's when you need faith now? From moment to moment. Because, hallelujah, the just shall live by what? Faith. Because God has prepared a, an immeasurable measure of grace for the just in the new land known as salvation or kingdom. Are you all following? So the just must live by what? Faith. And Paul tells us also that it is by faith in order that it might be in accordance with what? Grace. Meaning everything that you do in your relationship with God here on earth is going to 
Everything you need from God will come in the package known as what? Grace. And the one way you can receive it is by what? Faith. So this is where we are now. Nobody received Christ today. Is that correct? We have already received him, right? From that time to now, until he returns, you need continuing measure of faith, of apprehending and appropriating grace. How often, pastor? Moment to moment. That's why I say God has given to every man among us a measure of faith. How does my faith grow, pastor? By you exercising it regularly. Does anybody follow? Because you will need it every day. You will do what? Need it every day. If you don't, flesh will take over and do you in. Praise God. So you need this faith for the rest of your life. Amen? Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. And so, this is the faith that we need to exercise, I said how? On a day-to-day basis. For what? Not to receive Christ again, but to stay in him. Are you following? Eh? But to stay in him, that's number one. Number two, and to receive everything he already has in stock for us. Let me say this to you. You will battle this faith will constantly, you know, be under pressure from flesh. Because flesh will present you with lust and with works so that you ignore this faith for the rest of your life as a Christian. If you're an unbeliever, you don't have that conflict. Does that make sense to you? But the moment you're a believer, you see something that you feel God has for you, yes, immediately you see it, Satan offers you lust and works. The Holy Spirit says, no, don't go by lust and works. I have it already for you, but you have to receive it by faith. And because you like the timing of the devil, oh, come on. And because you like the shortcuts that the devil will offer, you say, faith, I love you. But you're too slow for me. Okay. Wait here. I, does anybody follow what I'm saying? Huh? And there you go and get it. And then guess what happens? You come under condemnation. I, and, and let me say this to you. This is very interesting. When the flesh uses lust and works to give it to you, when you receive that thing, it, 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 it looks real. It looks like the real thing. Are you all following? Huh? Maybe... You got it by 6 a.m. Oh, boy, it's so beautiful. It's beautiful. But wait, by 11 o'clock, it's I mean 11 a.m. By 12. Then all you do, I don't like myself. See what I have. Scottish male. But when faith comes... If you go by faith, when it comes, you got it by 6 a.m. By 11 o'clock, it's starting anew. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. 
and you have no condemnation, and you have no guilt, and you will not feel any judgment, what you feel is joy and more joy and more joy and blessing upon blessing. Because the plan is that you move from faith to faith, from grace to grace, from glory to glory. Can I tell you something in closing? This is the faith you need to receive all of God's purposes for you, all of God's plans for you, and all of God's provisions. Is it pastor which of the provisions? Healing? Yes. Uh, 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 divine protection? Yes. Uh, mention some of the provisions. Come on, don't act like you don't know. When you go to your home now, you start listening them to God. Come on, money, finances? Yeah. Huh? Healing? Shield, protection. Oh, that, that's a beautiful way of calling protection. <laughs> that's good. Shield. Yes, anybody? Eh? Open doors. It's by faith. What else? What comes after open doors? Come on, com complete for him. Breakthrough. They know it. Breakthrough. You don't go and break somebody's door and say you're looking for breakthrough. You wait by faith. You don't snatch somebody's thing and say, God has given me open door. No. Are you following? So, and every miracle that's out there, you can receive by faith. So if you want to know how these people, how this works in the Bible, there's no use trying to give you examples of the Bible. You just think this way. Every place in the Bible, you see God's people taking what God has offered them. That's appropriating faith in its continuing form. Did, did that make sense to you? Amen? So, I want you to understand that we are equipped. We are what? Equipped. <laughs> we are prepared. We are ready to go. Let me tell you, one more shade of meaning. That one is next Thursday. Is next Thursday we have service, right? Oh, yeah, we have service. Oh, that one is tremendous. That one is a special one. Let me tell you, the next one, we don't qualify for it, but God gave it to us anyway. <laughs> the next one is not meant for us, but guess what? God gave it to us. Huh? And it's not used for every day. It's used for everything. It's used for special things. If you want to have a special, special relationship and standing with God, coming next to us, I'll be talking about that. <laughs> that one is tremendous. Are you ready for that one? I say, are you ready for that one? Are you ready for that one? If you're ready, stand briskly. I mean briskly. Don't stand like you've been sleeping through the message, which some people did, but I've forgiven you. Come on, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Wave on to him and give him the praise. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jehovah. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your voices. Lift your voices. Yes, your hands are up. Let your voices be up. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. 
this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Even our faith. Hallelujah. The world cannot give us what God has prepared for us. And God has made it available to us. 